knowledge, not eternal life. The snake was the most intelligent of all the wild animals that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say that you shouldn't eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the snake, we may eat the fruit of the garden's trees, but not the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden. God said, don't eat from it and don't touch it or you will die. The snake said to the woman, you won't die. God knows that on that day that you eat from it, you will see clearly and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. The woman saw that the tree was beautiful with delicious food and that the tree would produce wisdom. So she took some of its fruit and ate it and also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then they both saw clearly and knew that they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made garments for themselves. During that day's cool evening breeze, they heard the sound of the Lord God working in the garden. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the Lord God in the middle of the garden's trees. The Lord God called to the man and said to him, Where are you? The man replied, I heard your sound in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Did you eat from the tree which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman you gave me, she gave me some fruit from the tree, and I ate. The Lord God said to the woman, What have you done? And the woman said, The snake tricked me, and I ate. Psalm 51. It's a psalm of David when when the prophet Nathan came to him just after he had been with Bathsheba. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your faithful love. Wipe away my wrongdoings according to your great compassion. Wash me completely clean of my guilt. Purify me from my sin. Because I know my wrongdoings, my sin is always right in front of me. I sinned against you, you alone. I've committed evil in your sight. That's why you are justified when you render your verdict, completely correct when you issue your judgment. Yes, I was born in guilt, in sin, from the moment my mother conceived me. And yes, you want truth in the most hidden places. You teach me wisdom in the most secret places. Purify me with hyssop, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and celebration again. Let the bones you crushed rejoice once more. Hide your face from my sins. Wipe away all my guilty deeds. Create a clean heart in me, O God. Put a new faithful spirit deep inside me. Please don't throw me out of your presence. Please don't take your Holy Spirit away from me. Return the joy of your salvation to me and sustain me with a willing spirit. Then I will teach wrongdoers your ways, and sinners will come back to you. Deliver me from violence, God, God of my salvation, so that my tongue can sing of your righteousness. Lord, open my lips, and my mouth will proclaim your praise. You don't want sacrifices if I gave an entirely burnt offering. You wouldn't be pleased. A broken spirit is my sacrifice, God. You won't despise a heart, God, that is broken and crushed. 
do good things for Zion by your favor. You build Jerusalem's walls. Then you will again want sacrifices of righteousness, entirely burned offerings and complete offerings. Then bulls will again be sacrificed on your altar. Look, the Lord does not lack the power to save, nor are his ears too dull to hear. But your misdeeds have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you, so that you haven't heard. Your hands are stained with blood and your fingers with guilt. Your lips speak lies, your tongues mutter malice. No one sues honestly. No one pleads truthfully. By trusting in emptiness and speaking deceit, they conceive harm and give birth to malice. They hatch adders' eggs and weave spider webs. Whoever eats their eggs will die. Moreover, the crushed egg hatches a viper. Their webs can't serve as clothing. They can't cover themselves with their deeds. Their deeds are deeds of malice. And the work of violence is in their hands. Their feet run to evil. They rush to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of malice. Desolation and destruction litter their highways. They don't know the way of peace. There's no justice in their paths. They make their roads crooked. No one who walks in them knows peace. So last week, we talked about the creation of humankind, being created in the image of God. People walked with God face to face. There were no barriers between the people and God. I don't know how long that lasted. The Bible's not clear. But in the story, it doesn't last very long. And then it all goes south. All of that goes away. This concept called sin comes into creation and screws everything up. Everything that God created to be good changes. And we are changed. Humanity is changed by sin. All of that happens in the very beginning of our Bible in something, a section called primordial history. And the rest of the Bible is about this concept of sin and its impact on creation. So what is sin? What are sins? What pops into head, my, your head when I say sin? What is sin? What are sins? Lies? Stealing? Mistakes? Sometimes. Something you know is wrong, leaving out the good ones. Hate. What else? What? Greed. Murder. Distraction from the big picture. Lust. Oh, took too long to get the lust. Envy, vanity, nailed it. 
unkindness, missing the mark, coveting. If we did this long enough, and I did this exercise with the confirmation kids, and it was a lot of fun. And all kinds of things were on their list, like speeding. And I mean, we really veered in and out between like illegal and sin. And it was kind of a fascinating experience. Most of the time when we talk and think about sin, that's what we're thinking about. The things we do that are wrong. That's not what sin is in the Bible. That's what humans have done with the concept of sin. We have created a kind of hierarchy of sin. What's a really bad sin? Murder. What's a not-so-bad sin? What? Coveting? Just wanting someone else's stuff and not stealing it? If you think in your head, you probably have... Sins that you would say are worse than others. That's not how the Bible talks about sin. That's a human creation. We like to make a hierarchy of sin because then we can compare ourselves to other people who are terrible and we can feel better. Have you ever done that? Have you ever looked at somebody else and be like, hmm, I'm not as bad as that person. Sin, as it's introduced in Genesis and as it's talked about throughout the Bible, shows how lacking the English language is for us. Multiple words are used in Hebrew and in Greek, but the two main ones, sin means missing the goal or falling short. That is the most common Hebrew word for sin. Falling short or missing the mark or missing the goal. The other one that's used a lot is this verb that means to warp or twist. So when things get warped or twisted from what they started as and get kind of warped into something else. What sin is, it's a break in our relationship with God. We have this picture in the garden, a temptation by a serpent who can talk, and a choice. God gave one tree to leave alone. And a little bit of temptation. Look at that fruit, it looks so good. The tree of wisdom, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. The serpent says, if you eat it, you'll be like God. You'll know good and evil. Which was true. But by doing that, humanity chose, we really want to do it our own way. We don't want to do it God's way. And that caused a break in relationship whole bunch of things happen because of that. And death comes into God's creation. 
you were now going to die. Not that moment, but they would eventually grow old and die. So we now are separated from God by sin. We can no longer see God. We can no longer interact with God directly. We can no longer hear God's voice directly. We are separated from God. In the story, I didn't go into all the curses, but you can read ahead from where we stopped. And there's three curses, curse to Eve and curse to Adam and then curse to the serpent. And then they're kicked out of the garden. They got to leave. So now, humanity is on their own, separated from God, because of this break in our relationship. And if you read through the rest of Genesis, it does not go well. Adam and Eve have two sons. One's jealous of the other and kills them. It just is one travesty after another throughout the entire Bible. Read through it. It's not great, and we're not doing well. However, God doesn't just leave us to our own devices, thankfully. But there is separation between them. God sends messengers and prophets and people to say, come back. You're going the wrong way. You're off the path. Come back. That's what all the prophets are. That's what Isaiah was doing, reminding people of their separation from God in our reading, reminding people that they're on the wrong path. They won't know peace. They won't know all of these things that God is if they stay on the path that they're on. It leads only to destruction and violence. All the prophets have a similar message. And people never listen because we're stupid and we're stubborn we just want to do it our way. Sin is a hard one. We don't like to talk about it. We don't like to acknowledge it. And we really like to explain the fun ones away. Maybe they had it coming. Maybe they deserved it. Or maybe they were worse. Or maybe it's really fine. Sin's a hard one to talk about, but it's vital to our understanding of who we are as people. It's vital to our understanding of what our faith is in and who our faith is in. Because we have this tendency, because of sin, to want to be really selfish. If you really boil sin down, like all the things we call sin, I think what happened is we had this default position to be self-centered and selfish and act out of self-interest. I think that's kind of what we, we have a real hard time of getting out of. And that can lead to all kinds of destruction in God's world. We're self-centered. and We're not thinking of others. We're considering others or the impact that we have on others that leads to devastation. Violence happens because of it. Now here's the good news. Sin entered creation 
death entered creation, but God wasn't done with us. So although this is kind of depressing to think about, this concept of sin and our separation from God, God didn't walk away from us. And in future weeks, we'll talk about that more in specifics, these concepts of forgiveness and grace and mercy, salvation, these things that we kind of throw around. But the starting point of our Christian faith is the recognition that we are sinners, that we don't have it figured out, that we are selfish and self-serving, that we don't look out for others. That's our starting point. We have to acknowledge that before we can acknowledge anything else. We have to recognize the devastation that sin has on us and our world. There's two instances where it's recorded that Jesus wept. One is at the tomb with Lazarus, who had died, and he goes to the tomb, and he sees people grieving and wailing, and Jesus weeps. Well, Jesus raises Lazarus right after that, so he wasn't weeping because Lazarus died. I think Jesus wept because seeing the pain that we experience because of death and knowing that it wasn't supposed to be that way. Jesus wept for us. And then before the events of Holy Week, when Jesus looks out over Jerusalem on the thousands of people who had gathered for the festival, Jesus wept again for Jerusalem and for the people. For everything that was going to take place, and for how far they had strayed from what God had given them in the law. They turned it into something that oppressed people, that gave themselves power. Jesus wept again for them because it wasn't supposed to be like that. We have to resist the urge to create a hierarchy of sin or explain away our sin or feel better because we don't do the really bad ones. We have to resist the urge to exclude people because of their sin. Those dirty sinners. They can't be a part of us. And at the same time, ignoring our own sin. Jesus talked directly about that. That's what the Pharisees did. So think about this concept. It's one that's not pleasant. But think about it in these terms. Start viewing sin as a break in relationship between us and God. Start viewing sin as the things that get in our relationships with each other. Get between us. Stop us from being in relationship with others. Start thinking of sin, how God views sin in the Bible. Because in it, we are all equal. The Bible says we are all sinners in the same class, in the same boat, in the same group. No one is excluded. We're all there together. 
affects all of humanity. But remember, God didn't leave us there. God didn't leave us to our own devices. And we'll talk about that in the coming weeks. We explore what grace Forgiveness is. What a salvation. Thank you for listening to this week's sermon from Community Presbyterian Church in Grand Rapids, Minnesota. 